always be continuously learning and innovating. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Neon Talk, a podcast about innovation and motivation behind artists, entrepreneurs, and business owners just following their dreams, grinding the hustle behind all that. This is episode 122, and today's guest is a frequent uh, guest that's been on this podcast with me. He is an entrepreneur of many sorts, but most recently, the GM of Contender Esports, which is officially open. Thanks so much for joining me, Caleb. Absolutely. Thanks for having me on. I feel like you're um I feel like you've been on the you're probably one of my most consistent guests that I've had on here, but it's been great. We talk about some deep stuff in the esports world every single time. I feel like there's always been new stuff to talk about. And especially now, you know, after the long 2020 and uh getting all the stuff worked out over there at Contender Esports, you guys are finally open and you've been doing events and so much stuff. So tell me about about that. And also I have to say too, like those new lights set up that you got going on in the background, top notch. Top notch. People that I speak to, they think that the whole COVID thing helped, you know, which it sort of did. It's only it didn't help esports and the growth and all that. I said COVID helped increase the awareness because that was the only thing that could still go on because you can, you know, play video games virtually. I said, but the issue is, is that it still affected a lot of esports businesses. I even know even online ones. There's a even a local company in Apex True Gaming. They had an online server and did other streaming services. Streaming like went through the roof during COVID. A lot of people started streaming, and they just recently, I believe it was last month, announced that no December announced that they were going out of business. And another apparel company knew that for all the top streamers that they did their apparel, they went out of business as well. So many esports teams. I know people that run esports orgs and some of them didn't make it past 2020. Some of them, uh, well, most of them are still struggling now. And then, and within the whole COVID, it did, it messed up everything and the dynamics of the economy and even still the same within esports and especially more so a business like mine that is, a brick and mortar, a physical yeah. location. And now people aren't going out. And plus during COVID, most people bought their own rigs, own systems because they were in COVID that whole time. And then it's so hard to get people out of the groove. Yeah, there was a lot of transferring into that that home right. style based playing. Most definitely. And a lot of people don't want to go back. I mean, I know people that were hardcore gym goers that don't go to a gym anymore. They just work out from home. And then na even now with making you wear a mask while working out and all that other stuff, things just aren't like, you know, how they used to be. Yeah. Within our business though, we have done fairly decent, you know, for just starting out within a business. And it took a lot of learning because the typical gaming center model was you're open for people just to come in, play games. You have different community nights, the gaming mean communities around you, which we have a lot of like the Twitch meetup, fighting game community smash. They want to meet up, have a place to come and get together and have fun. Well, gamers are probably the most cautious people when it actually comes to COVID. They don't want to go out. I mean, I heard that some of them even wear masks like well, in their own homes. And so 
Because of that, we had to pivot and realize, okay, we're not going to get these people in. And until COVID dies down, which who knows when that's going to be, those people aren't going to come. So who is going to come? And we really realized that people need a reason to come to the place. Now I said amongst the older crowd, the main reason was that people wanted to come, you know, with their friends. And mm-hmm. I would say it was so odd that there'd be three different friends and they'd all be playing a different game, not even speak to each other the entire time. Interesting. Yeah, two hours. And then, but like, I'm like, oh yeah, you play Overwatch. You should come play with us because we play Tuesday nights and they still didn't come. So I'm sure there's definitely a hard like pull of trying to get people into that environment again, like you were saying, and especially with there already kind of being a level of, I don't want to say necessarily isolation, but kind of just a a confinement when it comes to your space, when you're gaming and something like this, I think is absolutely a great opportunity for people to come together as, you know, like you were saying, like friends, like, you know, the old days when everyone used to just come to each other's houses and just play video games with each other, the same games, everything. Um, I think it, it gives that that vibe again, but it definitely must be hard. I'm sure. I I mean, I even experienced it with you just trying to get the word out a little bit when you guys were open uh, a, a little bit in the storefront area when we came to do the photo shoot, and uh, just people walking by, just the the hesitancy that people have nowadays because of COVID and barely even wanting to have that. Uh, that face-to-face almost almost like sales conversation anymore because of the whole contact aspect. But I mean, it still looks like you guys are doing great. You've got a lot of um, games and like camps and stuff that you've got planned out for these coming months and workshops with like Battle Royale and Valorant and Minecraft and a few other things. Do you like feel like these type of uh, events are going to bring in more people than just kind of that regular day like walk in and well that's actually the reason why we did it so i had a business consultant and after it was about almost two months i sent him a page and a half that i wrote up about just the business and how it's going talking about everything what was working what was not working and then main thing was it was the fortnight group training that was the only thing we did at the time like and then he actually told us to change the word to workshops because that was more appealing to people's minds when they hear the word workshop and then we just added it in for more games and at first it was mostly directed towards the kids because mm-hmm. it's like oh yeah the parents they want to bring their kids places they have money to spend and stuff on their kids but then it was like legalizing the apex obviously kids don't play those games and it was people in their 20s and 30s that said oh yeah I'll think about coming for that and everybody's like well are they allowed to because ideally we thought it was like 8 to 18 years I'm just like well if it's only the older crowd's interest I don't see why not because yeah. I mean the thing is like I, I do boxing now and I've paid people to you know be coached in boxing so I was like well why wouldn't they still want to get better at the game because I will you know pay somebody to do help them get better at the game yeah exactly. and then so pretty much those like workshops, camps, that stuff, that's actually what our primary focus is on. And it was really based off, so I read a book, you know, I love to read, yeah. but it was called Your Next Five Moves by Patrick Bet David. Okay. And 
you know, one of the topics he went over was talked about data and you have to know your numbers. And he talked about the movie Moneyball. And I've seen that a few times where like the movie and pretty much the thing is, I don't, it's, not, it's the mindset of, I don't care what you think. I care what the numbers say. Yeah. And I actually had disagreements like with staff members, mostly only one, like the other ones disagreed, but they really didn't say anything. And then after this had a meeting recently with one, he was like, hey, the workshops are working around. I said, I would never would have guessed that. And the way I was actually able to know was because I went back through and looked at that data. I was like, okay, how are people finding out about us? Why are people coming here? What are they interested in? What are they asking for? Mm -hmm. And it was through all that data I collected that I was actually able to get. So that's a key takeaway. Have measurables and collect data. 100%. And I think that especially right now for companies trying to stay afloat or ones that have opened up or trying to open up or people just in the, the process of new ventures that they've started through COVID, <clears throat> I think that data is definitely important. If you're not looking back at the numbers, you're not at least seeing where that traffic is coming from. It's hard to make your, make your next move. Um, especially when it's a brick and mortar store like yourself, where you have overhead lights, you have employees, you have all this equipment that you have to keep up with and these payments and higher bills and, you know, to, that have to be established through those people coming in through the doors. And it, it's much different than just running an online business. And that, that, those numbers are really important to keep those doors open and to be able to do what you guys do and bring this opportunity to the community. And I hope that uh, just the, in the future in general, uh, that things will become a little less sensitive for people in the aspects of coming out again and being able to come back out to these gaming environments because just the socialization I think is is a great thing being able to go with to a group go go to be with a group of people who are playing the same game and trying to learn the same thing that you're doing to improve themselves in any facet I think is, is an awesome thing to build and especially now with gaming becoming so big too it's huge Oh, most definitely. And the thing was yesterday, which is our Overwatch night, yeah. people came and like, they didn't even know it's Overwatch night. They just came you know, with each other to have fun, but they were playing. I was like, hey, do you guys want to play with us? Like, yeah. And they're like, we had left. They stayed there until closed. But afterwards, they messaged on the Discord. They're like, hey, I don't know who it was that we were playing with, but, you know, thanks a lot, guys. It was a lot of fun and stuff. And I think that, I mean, it's been so long that people don't realize they miss it. Like, I mean, I'm, there's probably stuff that I miss that, you know, I did pre-COVID that I don't realize until I actually do again. Yeah. So people do, you know, want their lives back. And we've noticed like a lot of people, they were struggling, you know, to actually book birthday parties. Mm -hmm. these, because they're like, they say, yeah, there's only like three people that actually want to come to it because, you know, people not want to go out wow. and that stuff. So I believe there's enough people out there that want to go out. I think our biggest issue has just been getting the word out. And I did the met well, the numbers again on the people that have come. And then pretty much what I said to my uh, my dad and I were talking, I said 90% of the people, like or at least 70, I believe it's around 90. There have been people that have driven by, seen the place, gone to the website, 
or walked by, looked inside, we went outside and spoke to them and told them about the stuff of enemies like no matter what, no social media and ads, going out and handing out flyers and brochures, like that didn't work unless the people physically like saw the place itself, mm. they weren't very likely to actually go or they were like, it was a word of mouth, they were recommending the place. Yeah. Yeah, that ground marketing is just not, it doesn't have the same effect as it did pre-COVID, especially with, again, brick and mortar stores, because everything is transferred so much to an online platform because of this the last year and everybody having to change their lifestyles that it's, it's wild seeing the transformation of how people, how their lifestyles are now because of that. But Going back to what you said earlier, I think it is really important, though, that it, we we make points to show people like things that we miss, especially stuff when it comes to socializing with other people and just being in a team environment and, and just all these things that go along into play with, it, with it just being social again and, and being able to just not have the confinements that we've had now. Um so when it comes to your tournaments then, because I know you were planning on hosting a lot of tournaments, I know the workshops are one thing, but like um, you've done actually, uh, you just hosted one tournament not too long ago, I can't remember which one it was though. Um, is that something where at least having the big like place that you do have and the equipment that you have hosting has still not really been much of an issue or tournaments for you guys? So tournaments, Really, they didn't have a huge turnout and it would just be a few people at the ones where there was a good turnout. And Fortnite was really the only one that we had a good turnout, but Epic Games made it illegal to advertise in-person Fortnite events because they, they think it would be bad PR for them if they allow people to because of COVID and all that, which they get enough bad press anyway, so I don't understand that. Interesting. Yeah, and so there's it's not illegal to host anything. Yeah. It's just illegal to promote it online. At least yeah. under a Fortnite game though. Yeah. So that's why we just say Battle Royale for the workshop because that's the way of getting around it. And so the thing yeah, is, like, he's like, they sent us that people want to go there and play Fortnite. He's like, that's on them. And we did a parent-child uh, Battle Royale tournament mm -hmm. and there was no prize pool with that. It was just so, you know, parents and kids could bond more and I was actually surprised by because we had eight teams total and out of those wow. eight teams six of the parents had played the game and the one other mom just downloaded the game because she knew the term was coming up so she wanted to at least know about it another mom never played the game before and just came that was the first time ever playing it and afterwards she's like oh that was fun what are you guys doing another one and I was just like that's awesome it's like the person had no idea what the game, never played it before. And she's like, oh, it was great. And then they really, people really liked it and enjoyed it. Like they get to go out, have a friendly competition, you know, bond and with their child, something like the whole family went out and stuff. So like, and then that's where we really like that whole community feel and everything. And then hopefully some of them like end up playing more together. And like, I just thought everyone, and they ask, like, like, when's the next one? Y'all doing another one next month? And we actually weren't planning one, but then we're like, well, we are now. That's awesome, man. Dude, that sounds so, that's such a beautiful dynamic that you guys can bring back to, to people. And especially because we've talked about this on a few of our other uh, episodes about just 
that parent and child relationship when it comes to video games and this understanding of it and to see family members, you know, going out and trying these things and having a blast. That is such a cool thing, to, I'm sure, to experience and, and to see and be able to be like be a part of. Um, and I mean, the youth in general, the youth uh, aspect of the video gaming world, like we've also talked about with integration with schools and after school programs. I saw you post up the other day about another school integrating esports into part of their dynamic. And it seems to be growing vastly in the youth community. And I know you guys focus on that a lot. Um, is there anything that you guys have uh, thought more about on or are integrating more into your like <clears throat> your workshops or any of your um, just competitions and stuff when it comes to youth specificness? So with the youth specificness, the way we target the parents is that we want to she said, build character and life skills through productive video gaming. So yes, we are teaching them about the game, but the kids don't realize it during, and we don't say it specifically, but he's like, all right, you guys work together, build this type of house or do like in Minecraft or world activity. And then there we're teaching them teamwork and all that. But at the same time, they don't actually realize they're learning that, but the parents really like it because he said, oh yeah, the kids are learning, you know, this skill, these traits, they don't realize they're actually learning it. They're just here having fun, but those lessons, you know, stick with them. And then, you know, people talk about the raging within gaming and people just getting upset, which I actually wrote a blog post about that, which I'll touch on in a minute. Yeah. But when people, you know, get mad and slam controllers and rage, like we teach them, you know, that's not right. You don't do that, those type of things. But then back to the whole people talk about, you know, it said that, which there is toxicity in, in video gaming, but they say it's the video games that make people rage and are toxic and things like that. And in the blog post I just recently wrote, I it said that you, you have baseball. And for instance, person, the player strikes out, throws his bat, slams his helmet on the ground. They said, oh, it's the adrenaline, the passion about the game, all that. You know, a gamer, he gets killed, finishes second in Fortnite, gets mad, slams his controller. They said, oh, the game is violent, has guns, it makes him range, gives him anger issues. I'm just like, no, it's the exact same thing. I really, I really like that comparison because the, there is a sense of uh, adrenaline and focus with the, that comes within these very competitive games, especially people who have put hours on hours into practicing to get to a certain level, whether it's competing for money or for a stature or whatever the case may be. That's an, ex I think that's a great way to show people that it's not directly specific to video games, that that is, this is something that is in a deeper level of of competition and of, of gaming and a lifestyle and what people put into their, their passions. Oh, most definitely. And that's just, 
it's a lot of education that has to be done. But that was the main thing I was trying to get across is that stop having this double standard. Like, I'm not saying it's right because I don't think neither situation is actually right. No, I mean, you're, you're still you're still right. You're not, it's not right to act out and rage out 100 <laughs> percent. Yeah. And I mean, the thing is, it's kind of hard, though, to because parents don't see, you know, pro gamers and how they are. But I mean, you can clearly watch A-Rod on TV and Derek G and whoever else is in, I don't know anybody that's currently playing baseball. But and if you see them do that, then like, oh, it's not that bad, though. The pros do it. But I mean, they don't realize like how toxic the pros are. And in all honesty, the stuff that gamers say, I'm like, the only reason why that's not said in sports is because the other person's right there. Yeah. You get yourself punched in the face for saying that. But it's like... 100%. You couldn't or whatever. I mean, even sometimes that the same stuff is said. The only difference is if you're in the middle of a soccer field and your parents are, you know, 40 yards away from you, they're not going to hear you say those things to somebody. So, But when you're at home and they're, you know, in the other room, they can hear that. So... Yeah, no, they're, they're really, I mean, it's, it is really funny how extreme people are with their, um, just when it comes to, to talking to people when they're, when they are gaming, I've definitely, uh, I think we've all kind of seen our fair share of, of YouTube videos, um, in, in our days, but oh, yeah. I mean, it really, it, all in all, none of it is is good. I mean, to just make that a point, you know, during this show is just that none of this raging or anger or any this can all be emotions can be controlled. Just to say it, kind of, kind of simply, you know, there there are ways to uh, to not be sore losers in this world. Um, but I digress. Um, so. Going back to our our speaking about the youth, um, the XP League. Um, so that's something that you guys are now. Um, I want to say almost collaborating with um, with the youth. I want to say teams or whatever. Elaborate to me exactly what this what this XP yeah. League is for you guys. So XP League, they're a youth esports league. They're founded. He's actually from Raleigh. Lee lives in Raleigh and his wife owns three code ninjas. And the way he thought of the idea was because now with code ninjas, they have a limited amount of people. Like, you know, I think of it was like 10 people that they could allow as opposed to 25. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that really cuts into profit margins. We have to reduce the capacity by more than 50%. And so he came up with the idea of like a youth esports league, you know, to put kids in. And then what happens, I, I mean, I just reached out to him to hear about what he did and that stuff. And so they had, they were code ninjas in Wake Forest and in Holly Springs. So they had them done there. And then they wanted to run one out of here at my place. So they do that now. Uh, I work very closely with the league commissioner. We're like best friends. We play, we probably spend about 15 to 20 hours a week together just playing games and whatever else else just cause but yeah and then and they do that you know we have a special partnership with them and regarding that and then you know it's really good you know within their league the kids love it and you know the stuff they do very good uh, it's a rec league so very good introductory to esports and then 
And it's very good because like we have our own teams here as well, but ours are, you know, for real competitive players, you know, looking to play future collegiate and pro. And there are a lot of kids is they, you know, aren't good enough to make our teams because making our one of our teams is very challenging. <laughs> and so then there's a place that we can actually refer them where they can go and play until they're good enough to be on one of our teams. There are okay. also other plans that we have for the youth. So I was, somebody just came in two weeks ago into the land center and then he saw the place and he was asking about what he did. And like, he works in downtown Raleigh and was saying that he does stuff for, you know, kids help keep them off the street. He works for the city. And so he wanted us to go there and, you know, do some workshops there. And, you know, and then I thought the idea, well, what if we expand that out and offer it to other cities nearby, you know, just Garner, Chapel Hill, Durham, and pretty much what we'd be looking to do is so much around the youth and then contacting, you know, like the Wake uh, Boys and Girls Club, the Big Brothers and Big Sisters, Triangle YMCA, all of them about, you know, getting involved and somehow incorporating, you know, video gaming into what they do. Because obviously all the kids love it. It's scientifically proven, you know, to be educational and it can really open up avenues, you know, for people. And I was on an esports trade association call this morning mm-hmm. and I was talking about what we're doing they said it's great all the people doing things within you know like the youth esports like high, middle school high school even like elementary within the esports and they said that the guy said to me that 82% of people that were on a like high school or middle school esports team hadn't participated in 82% of them hadn't participated in like a sports team before or any type of team mm-hmm. and then another guy corrected him he said it it's actually 82 percent had never participated in an extracurricular activity wow and yeah i'm like what in the world like that's a high number like you would that's take a, it do like chess or that's know, a very high yeah, number book club something like that and well that's the thing it's great that you know i mean just even if you only have 10 people well eight of them would have never participated in an extracurricular activity before. I mean, that's a, that's, it's huge knowing that you're able to reach out to that large of a number of people to be able to show them skills and opportunities and all these things that, that you guys can, or you can offer, you know, the, the substitutes like XP league and everything. That is insane to me that there is that high of a number of of that of people who never would exceed like extracurricular activities. I mean, I remember when I was a kid, all the things I used to do after school. I mean, granted, we also didn't have the same access to technology as we have today, but I mean, that's still wild to think about. But I, I that gives you so much of a I don't want to say like a power, but like almost a, a responsibility to be able to to give back these these opportunities into people's lives that they could have been missing. Oh, well, most definitely. And the thing is, when I think about it, there was a group, they would, with a high school I went to, they would get together at lunch and play games. And there would be like six, seven of them in there. And then, I mean, and honestly, like, I didn't, I, the only reason why I knew any one of their names was because he was in like 
four or five classes with me. The rest of them, I didn't even know what their names were. And because it was like that, I mean, they didn't go out and socialize, that type of thing. And, you know, that's like the typical stereotypical gamer that I think, you know, most people see. And the thing is, like, the, the parents talk about them because their the gaming is all that they do. But then somebody like me who was a gamer, like, but I was known for playing soccer. Yeah. And so the thing is, they see, they think a, the gamer is like those people, whereas they only game and like, oh, they're losers. They don't do anything else with their lives and all that. And then as opposed with me, it's like, I really don't think that has anything to do with that. I mean, there, I mean, if sports wasn't a thing, well, I really wouldn't have done anything else. And so now that there's actually these opportunities and that's the, it's very challenging trying to convince these high schools to actually, you know, become a part of it and start doing, you know, stuff within esports because all these kids want it to have it, but, you know, they're just so hesitant and this is about the, you know, the education on it. And because when you speak to somebody that doesn't understand esports, I mean, you have to dumb it down to the lowest level and that still may not, you know, be enough. And then like staff members, they were talking about something like to say, put on a flyer. I'm like, nope, guys, that's, that they won't understand that. And I'm like, nope, I like dumb it, dumb it down more. Like, how could you not understand that? I'm like, people won't, you'll be surprised. Yeah, I mean, and there definitely is that that learning curve. It is still so new with with everything and especially being able to integrate it with high schools, you really have to reach a level of of parents and board members and just a more and people with a different mindset than people who currently foresee esports being something potentially beneficial for these different opportunities or skills that we've been talking about um but you know that scholarships yeah oh my yeah scholarships would be crazy because like you were saying i mean it is definitely something where it can be seen as and treated like a sport yeah period i mean that's why it's called esports well they have they have college scholarships currently with do they oh yeah and then that's the thing. Most people don't like see you understand gaming esports. Yeah. Like you didn't didn't know that. No. And then like I start telling parents stuff, and then I was like, oh yeah, this guy he just got signed on. They're like uh, like oh yeah, I heard a player got signed for like a contract of eighty thousand dollars. I'm like yeah, so I'm like the guys that make three million, like three million, like doing what? I'm like playing the game. They're like no, they're not. I'm like yeah, they are. And that the parents just don't know this stuff. And they're like when you say that to them, they're just like. Because, I mean, they really takes away the, this is a complete waste of time. And the thing is, we actually promote healthy eating and exercise and all that stuff because it's studies are proven, like, obviously, that's good for your brain to your, exercise. Yep, your mental body. health. And then, I mean, sitting for, you know, eight, 10 hours a day, one thing that we do during our workshops, because they last 90 minutes, is that 45, that reminds me, I didn't make sure I coached it today, but... <laughs> And 45 minutes into it, so halfway through, we have them stand up, stretch, walk around, and they can even go outside they want to to teach them, you know, proper gaming habits because you need that for your body and, you know, doing your stretching and all that. It's like, it, they're, Just, and it will set them up for life too because a lot of people are going to get like tech jobs and pretty much every job, especially now during COVID, 
you're sitting, sitting in front a of a computer. Yeah. yeah. When the when I think that's that's I think that's important for people who are even just not playing video games for exactly the reasons that you just mentioned. I mean, it's it's statistically proven that, you know, people can work longer in front of, you know, computers and stuff like that and sitting when you take about 10 minutes every hour or so to be able to get up, move your body, get out of that that focus and get your body working again so you can get back and refocus. That's something that I personally do myself. But like I can just I can tell when my body's starting to get like tensed up and I'm starting to like just really get I guess not as as good of a concentration as I would and then just taking that 10 little break and and moving your body around getting something to drink etc it just energizes your brain so much more to when you get back and you sit down it, you know it gave you opportunity to um almost reflect on what you were doing to be able to do the next step even even better than you would have if you were just considering sitting for that consistent period of time almost oh, definitely and I mean, it's just all that stuff in one, you know, which we're just all, you know, working on incorporating within here. And, you know, it's a lot. And what we've done, I mean, so much has changed, you know, just as with the last year and the couple months that were open, because it's not like we were saying, it's not like an accounting firm or something like that, where you pretty much know how that works, proven, done for a long time. I mean, we're really trying to innovate and, you know, do stuff that's next level and different and that, you know, really no one around here is doing. And most gaming centers across the country are struggling. And so, you know, we needed, you know, a way to was find something different that we could actually do and offer. Mm -hmm. Yeah, 100. But I mean, it seems like all in all, regardless, you guys are at least doing really well at this introductory introduction introductionary I don't point <laughs> you know what I mean uh with being just open now and flowing into 2021 and getting people in your doors I'm sure it's definitely going to be hard but at least you're already seeing an influx of of people and traffic and revenue like you were talking about earlier that almost I'm sure was a little hard to perceived that it was going to be like this even when you opened up the doors I'm sure there was a a strong hesitance with you when it came to being like okay we're finally gonna open up these doors and then move forward and, and keep going with this because you never know what the rest you know how things could have unfolded oh yeah most definitely I mean you just gotta take things and you know go through life it's like I just you know you know, took that leap and it's a whole business. And the thing is too, it's like, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we're gonna wait out when COVID's over. I mean, the thing is back in March, people thought COVID was gonna be over in like six weeks. Yeah. Like, okay, shut down, six weeks, done. Then again, and in like, I mean, as the people, so many people, you know, had that mindset and, you know, the people that have the mindset, it, they just aren't going to, you know, do well because they're not planned and prepared, you know, for anything, if and when, what can happen. And my thing is, okay, great. If, uh, if COVID's over next week, which I would be very happy, 
then you know we can add in all the gaming communities and bring all that stuff back i was like but you know most likely that's not the case so we was do well during this time yeah no i completely i completely get what you mean there um but at least you guys were able to to do what you have been doing so far and you know you're getting um amazing i think results uh at the end of the day regardless so um just what are your your main focuses here going forward for 2021 main focus is going to 2021 we want people and those add more of them, you know, for what the demand is. And then build up the camps that we offer, you know, day camps on teacher work days, then summer camps, track out camps. We are looking to work with, you know, different uh, nonprofits, sports or sports organizations, uh, different cities and towns in the area, uh, various tech companies, whatever, you know, partnerships we can make with them bringing gaming so obviously we do have like our hub facility here but you know be able to bring gaming to the other communities and cities and getting you know more people in you know into like gaming and esports you know regardless of where they are and really build up and grow gaming in the area and there's a lot of hours of thoughts going through my mind but there are a lot of thoughts in my mind and stuff that i want to do moving forward and Pretty much that's all going to be talked about, you know, within the next week, you know, with the more leadership team staff, but really excited for, you know, stuff moving ahead and see, you know, what we do with that. Yeah, you have a great team behind you. You've got a great staff. And I think, like I said, everything that you're doing for for the youth, for the community, for for esports, I think and I hope is at least really eye opening to people who are not just local, but also looking to either get into these type of of more community based teams and out of their homes or people looking to try to integrate these more into their schooling environments or their after curricular activities. I think, you know, that's, I mean, that's one of the main points of this show, right, is to try to hope to inspire people uh, at the end of the day. And I think what you're doing is is awesome and super inspirational. I've had the chance to meet a good amount of your team and all the people on your team are absolutely awesome and bright. And you all seem to have a great understanding of everything that you're doing when it comes from the leadership to the games themselves, to the tournaments, and just really focusing on what you can do to be able to make contender esports and carry the, you know, the, the best version that it can be and to be able to bring the community together even more. I think that's, that's awesome, man. I can, I commend you very, very much for, uh, for what you're doing, especially for the youth too. And, and this new, this new world of esports that is, that is up and coming. Absolutely. Yeah. I'm very excited to see, you know, what comes, you know, forward and, you know, what other partnerships we make wanting to get in that pro scene for a while. So I think it will happen within the next two years, but, you know, gotta be patient and strategic about that. 100%. I mean, it definitely, definitely right now, everything's kind of about, it's about that timing. It's about, it's about getting things done at the, 
at the the right moment right now, you know. So I uh, definitely definitely understand that one. Well, I've got your uh, I know I've got your Instagram down here on the live stream itself, but um, just to kind of wrap things up uh, before we do, give everyone uh, access to where they can contact uh, for Contender Esports, where they can find all this information, where people can go to to hopefully be a part of what you guys are doing. Absolutely. So. All of our social media handles like Facebook, Twitter, TikTok, Instagram, Contender Carry. Everything's at Contender Carry. Website is contendercarry.com. And I think that's about it. Twitch.tv slash Contender Carry. There's anything else? We have a link tree slash Contender Carry as well. You guys so, are located uh, in what area in Carry? Uh, Waverly Place Carry. So 316 Colonnades Way. If you know the Waverly Place Shopping Center with the Whole Foods, we're on the side of the Center Bistro and then the Chick-fil-A, which you can see from our place. Nice little area you guys got over there. Yeah. Big windows, lots of space. Great, great gaming chairs. Those chairs are absolutely comfortable as hell. (laughs) That's how I survive sitting so long every single day. Look, that's why they made that's why they put the good money in those gaming chairs. I completely understand. <laughs> well, um, as every show, uh, please leave everybody with one piece of advice. One piece of advice. Man, what's something that I haven't actually given people? Uh, I would say always be continuously learning and innovating. I mean, there's been, uh, I have a handful of books that really, you know, changed my life, business thinking, and, you know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad was one, the 10X was another, and 2018, well, no, we're going to talk about 2019, that book was called Traction, 2020 slash 2021, because I finished it in January, that book was, was Your Next Five Moves, what I had mentioned earlier, I mean, that one was just life-changing, but what it said and then all these books that I mentioned, if you saw, I have like six pages of notes on all the books just because of how great they were. But always be continuous learning, growing, improving yourself. And, you know, life hands you something. And I mean, you just got to, you know, work with what you have. You can't, you know, say, oh, if this, if that, I'm like, oh, if it wasn't for COVID, I mean, I even had a lot of people have been saying, oh, you know, if it wasn't for COVID, this was for COVID down. Like, you're right, but it is COVID. So we got to figure it out. Exactly. 100%. It is COVID. We are dealing with this. So what are you going to do about it, really? <laughs> no, man. Couldn't have said it better myself. I appreciate you so much for coming on again. And I'm super excited to see things um, grow and prosper and pick up over there at East uh, Contender Esports and eventually make my way over there again myself and, and just everything. So thanks so much again for coming on. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me. It's always a blast. Love being on podcasts and hosting them myself, but I haven't done that in a little while. Well, we'll have to, uh, we'll have to swap roles at some point. And, uh... Most definitely. All right, man. Well, you have a great rest of your night. All right. You as well. Bye. Bye.